We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. from Las Vegas. I survived. We don't have to put the house on the market. Makes Jillian pretty happy. It was a nice little run. Saw Fortinbaugh, saw Goulet. A little bit of a 95-7 The Game show reunion happened out there. Ray, we missed you. You should have come along. You would have loved it. My wife would have let me, but she wouldn't have let me come back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was uh, allowed back in the house and it is good to be back. We have a hell of a show for you here this Monday afternoon. We're doubling up on the two best NFL guests any radio show in America could possibly give you. In an hour and 15 minutes from right now at 4.15, Michael Irvin joins us. In two hours from now, Peter King joins us at 5 o'clock. And we are going to be talking about what was an unbelievably entertaining game out of the 49ers. The Brockett ship is obviously a huge topic. We will get to him in just a second. But we begin with the news that is breaking at this moment. One of the topics, one of the things that we were going to talk about today was how serious is this Debo Samuel injury? Well, we now know. Debo Samuel has an MCL sprain in his knee. He also has an a sprained ankle. However, he is expected to return in the regular season. So that really honestly looked like it was going to end his season when it happened in real time. And then punctuated by his his head in his hands, that just looked, I mean, good news usually doesn't travel off the field on a cart. Uh, Debo Samuel is pretty gosh darn lucky, all things considered, if that is it and he actually can come back and play this year. The 49ers are awfully lucky, given their recent injury. That's usually not good news. That's pretty good news. They could have done worse. A lot worse. I mean, the, the, the fact is they can actually even baby this a little bit if they want to because the back end of the schedule is not very daunting. The 49ers got through what they figured were going to be the toughest part of their schedule with two incredibly comfortable wins. And I don't know how you feel about Seattle, but I think they're, they're running on E. Uh, Washington's a tough out, but not a terribly tough out. And the Raiders and Cardinals stink. So they don't actually have to rush him back before the end of the regular season. They can wrap up they the division to. Thursday. Yeah, I mean, not just wrap up the division, but I mean, they, you know, they're not that far behind Minnesota. You know, they could catch them because I think I think the Vikings are showing their vulnerabilities now. Little bit, by the way, that's the uh, fade the public segment coming back to bite me, Ray, when I'm actually in Las Vegas betting money on the segment for the first time. So thanks a lot. Uh, public had that one right. Although, crush that Texans plus 17 
Jets plus 10 parlay that I put together. That paid nicely. But uh, got crushed at the blackjack table. Uh, my Hoosiers did not win. I mean, Steve Kerr is not going to have to fly me to Paris after all to get minutes on the U.S. Olympic team. He's probably happy about that. I don't think he was going to do that. I either. don't think that that was probably going to happen. But let's talk about what is obviously, you know, beyond this Debo news coming out right now. We can also tell you, speaking of injury news, that Andrew Wiggins is going to miss the first two games of this road trip. He is shut down tomorrow and on Wednesday as the Warriors get going on a six-gamer. So we'll talk about that a little bit later because it is a huge football Monday. Again, Michael Irvin at 415, Peter King at 5 o'clock, and Brock Purdy. I mean, we'll see what this all looks like three or four weeks from now, Ray. In you know, professional athletes and professional sports are all about adjustments. There's a lot of guys who have looked good in debuts, and then it starts to peter off. There are a lot of guys who have struggled in debuts, and then they've built very impressive careers out of that. Um, once coaches and film allow other opponents to start sniffing out tendencies, taking away strengths, making you play left-handed, things can change and things can change quickly for young quarterbacks who get off to good starts. But that is the end of my pessimism. And that's not even being pessimistic. That's just how sports works. Ray, that was as good of a debut in a first career start as we have seen maybe in a 49ers uniform. He was above and beyond even the most optimistic expectations. It was impressive the way that he came out and played, especially against a defense that actually carries a little gravity to it. The Buccaneers are not bad, but Brock Purdy in the San Francisco 49ers offense made them look like they were just standing around and browsing, not really shopping for a win on Sunday afternoon. That was that was incredibly impressive. The defense was very, very impressive, but we went to see Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy, indeed, we did see. He was good. He was okay. I mean, I'm not going to get out over my skis on this. He, for the second week in a row, he was gifted with multiple turnovers. Good for him. There's, none of this is a criticism of him. And this week... The 49ers did what I thought they would do, which is run the hell out of the football. I mean, they you know, they ran the ball, I think, like 10 more times than they threw it. Uh, they got 190 yards out of their running game. They ran an even more careful game plan this week than they did last. And Purdy, within that narrow window, did well. But I think it's the running game that won that game, and it's the defense that won that game. And in fact... Had Jimmy Garoppolo played, do you think he'd be saying anything different today, though? No, that's, that's, that's my it. point. Yeah. But see, I I think maybe this is the this is one of those games that prove what my point's been all year long. That the 49ers are a team that can run independent of its quarterback. That their quarterback is ancillary to the things that win or lose games for them. If their defense is playing, as it has the last six weeks, where they're averaging like 11 points allowed per game, it doesn't matter what the quarterback does as long as he doesn't throw five picks. And, you know, Purdy was efficient. wasn't spectacular. You know, had a couple of nice throws, but nothing that would make you, you know, go on the roof and scream at your neighbors about. He was okay. But the 49ers are going to go as far as they go based on how well they run and how well they defend. And right now they are running and defending 
very well. Given the circumstances, I think he was a lot better than okay. Uh, he made throws that I don't know if Jimmy makes. Uh, and I'm not going to turn this into a let's compare and contrast one guy against another. I'm not, I'm not doing that today. I only want to look at this through the prism of someone who played as close to perfect given the asks of the offense in the day that they asked it of him. And for a guy who's only been able to run with the ones for about a week, I want to see more reps with the ones in practice. And let's see if this can continue on what is a very good start. He understands the pocket, Ray. Like He understands when to move around. He understands when to step up in the pocket. He Whatever he lacks in arm strength, he makes up for in choices. And if you really think about it, Kyle Shanahan's passing game is about making the right choice. What he lacks in physical stature, I think he makes up for in foot speed. He's not fast, but he's quick. And I was really impressed. I was really impressed. I mean, I thought that he would be serviceable. I didn't know that he was going to have an impressive day. I think Brock Purdy had a pretty impressive day, all things considered. The numbers were not gaudy. Like Ray says, the quarterback's numbers are probably not often going to be gaudy in Kyle Shanahan's system, which is play defense better than anybody else and run that football as well as anyone in the league. And right now they're doing both of those things. It is kind of nuts to say the quarterback is just along for the ride. But it's also a big ass to say, all right, the season's now in the hands of a third-string quarterback. Anything off schedule? No, not really. Not as it looks right now. That's impressive. Well, I, and again, I'm not trying to denigrate Purdy in any way, but he's in a great situation for him, which is not much is going to be asked of him except for those people who want to compare him to Joe Montana or compare him to... Uh, Colin Kaepernick, you know, in the early part of his career. He's none, he's none of those things. He is the thing that people used to say with denigration about Alex Smith. He's managing a game. That's what he's doing. They're not asking him to do anything else. Yesterday, he managed the game well. To ask a guy, though, to be a game manager in his first career start, where you basically hold your breath and pray a little, in most first start scenarios around football, it, again, he, the kid's but, mature. I, I mean, it, what what mistake did he make in that game? Did he make the mistake of not being born with an eye that looks out his helmet's ear hole? Because he got clocked, obviously, on that very first play. Uh, he missed Debo in full stride, I think, on his first official throw of the day. He overthrew Kittle on a tight end screen. This was both early on settling into a game. And outside of that, he was perfect. You know, the... the 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 the, the touch or the the interception that might have been wasn't so look it he had some weighing it against history some historic numbers for a guy making his first start it was impressive he did it against a good team and uh it was it, any 49er fan who was gripping about this being purdy time I think you're gripping a little bit less. That was pretty darn good, all things considered. And now it's officially time to say that the 49ers are very, very good. I think they're going to be a hard out, Ray. For anyone that plays them, they're going to be a hard out. Would you go as far to say they're going to be Brock hard? No, I will not do that. 
and that's creepy, and I'm ashamed of you. You should be. Michael Irvin at 415, Peter King at 5 o'clock. Until then, phone lines are open. We want to talk to you about an awful lot of what we saw yesterday, not only at Levi Stadium, but around the league as well as the NFL officially starts to turn the corner to the final stretch of its season. Things are coming into focus, and we got ourselves a hell of a show today. Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. We are brought to you by Pfizer. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. boys and girls attention shoppers the merch store is open everything you probably didn't even think you wanted but might can be found at 957thegameshop.com we've got uh, in an hour from now Michael Irvin joining us the Hall of Famer the Playmaker Peter King at 5 o'clock until then it's me Ray Ratto and an awful lot of you we got lines lit right now everyone wants to talk about what they saw kind of a rude homecoming for Tom Brady right Uh, that that was not the game that he was expecting to have Uh, you don't see a lot of uh, quarterback ratings for Brady 36.1 but that's what it was and uh, two interceptions for Brady you know I, I know that you know, Mike Silver, when he knows that Brady's coming into town, probably has an idea where he wants to take a story or two. And it's not just Mike Silver saying this. It's other people saying, you know, hey, Tom Brady might be on the 49ers radar next year. No, thanks. I mean, like, with all due respect to Tom Brady and everything he knows about football, and I'm about to talk about how, you know, this is a decision-based passing game more than it is a talent-based passing game. Therefore, why wouldn't you want somebody who makes a level of decisions that come with, you know, Tom Brady's reputation? To me, right, it's just, it's the wrong time to be getting into the Tom Brady business, right? I mean, of all the time you could have possibly gotten into business, it's just, why hop on the train on the caboose? I, I don't understand that. Well, I mean, at some point, you have to decide how many quarterbacks do you actually need? I mean, the 49ers have enough decisions to be made with the five that they have roaming around the grounds now. How excited are you about Josh Johnson? I I mean, <laughs> it is his time. He is the one inevitability. You guys, can, you guys can wax euphoric about Brock Purdy all you want. Josh Johnson is the guy who's taking this team to the Super Bowl. And it should be so, because that would be an even better story than, than Brock Purdy. Ray, one of two, ten yards. He's ready. He's he, it, he ready. Now, look, it was uh, a very, very interesting day of football. Uh, to, we got a lot to say, obviously, about Brock Purdy. Uh, I want to circle Christian McCaffrey. My God. He is special. He is very, very good. And obviously, Debo Samuel did not get to do everything he wanted to do in that game after leaving with his injury, but he was off to a good start, and... As I've said in the past, maybe, just maybe, 
Debo Samuel, as important he is to this team, you can sort of spackle over his absence because quite often, you know, he's a decoy or, you know, he's making a catch or a play that doesn't really go to change the outcome of a game, but he, he made a game-changing run early on, scoring the first touchdown in the afternoon, and it felt like he was on his way to having a really good game. But I do think that, you know, if he can't go for a while, they've got options. And those options are coming into focus, and Juwan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk is obviously having the best season of his entire life in the NFL. George Kittle, time to step up and get even more involved in that passing game. Maybe Ray Ray McLeod. I mean, we even we even got a catch for for Danny Gray yesterday. So um, the 49ers have done an incredible job bouncing back from whatever injuries they've had that week, and they've been able to. Again, spackle over their problems and what Brock Purdy did, finishing 16 to 21, 185 yards, two touchdowns. He was not sacked. He was not picked. It's reassuring. It's reassuring to the guys on the team. I mean, they need to believe. There's Christian McCaffrey and what he thought of Brock Purdy's debut. He's an impressive guy. It's fun to be around. I think to play quarterback in this league, you have to be very intelligent. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned playing in you know, my sixth year now. And for a rookie to come in and process this offense and do everything by the book, but then add his own flair to it is very impressive. So uh, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to keep playing with him. And, you know, I, lo- I love that guy. He's, he's, you know, I've seen the work when I first got here. I think I said this earlier in the week, but he was he was the guy calling all the plays for me when I was walking through by myself trying to learn the offense. So it's a testament to him and the work that he's put in. Again, we learned last week when we talked to Dan Minucci, who is a guy who's been coaching Brock Purdy since high school, that he's a smart kid. He processes information quickly. And look, right, lots of reps, lots of football makes you, or at least helps you, doesn't make you, but it helps you make better football decisions. I mean, this is a game where you're processing an awful lot of information in a level of speed that you've never really faced on a football field before. And Kyle Shanahan's greatest strength as a passing game coordinator is giving his quarterback options. You've got choices out there, and really, you'll succeed if you just make the best choice, if you avoid the riskiest choice. I thought Brock Purdy made a lot of good choices yesterday. And they weren't just first-read choices. He was looking over the field, and he saw things. And I'm not saying that Jimmy doesn't see things. And maybe this is unfair to compare him to James Wiseman. And, and, and I'm not talking about Brock Purdy, but, but Trey Lance. You know what you might want to stop doing here in the Bay Area? Is drafting guys that really don't play much in the sport you're drafting them into. Trey Lance hardly played much college football. James Wiseman hardly played much college basketball at all. And, you know, st- struggles to their careers that are different but also similar in a way. Brock Purdy, in just a blink of an eye, looks like he's prepared for a career that will be twice whatever Trey Lance's career might be. It's unfair to Trey Lance. We haven't seen enough. We do not know. But this guy looks like a quarterback. I'm not saying he looks like a Hall of Fame quarterback. He looks like a great quarterback. That guy looks like an NFL quarterback. You know, you either can see it early or you can't. That's not the definitive, this is the way you go and there is no turning back from it. We have not seen it early from Trey Lance. We haven't. We haven't. We saw it early from Jimmy Garoppolo. Then there were times where he didn't show you nearly enough to where they continued to believe in him. What a crazy, crazy ripple effect 
all the quarterbacking decisions have on this team and how they sort of play into each other. So you draft Trey Lance because you gave up on Jimmy Garoppolo, but because nobody else believes in Jimmy, you actually get to keep him around, and thank God, because Trey Lance gets hurt. But maybe you didn't see enough from Trey Lance in year one, or because you didn't really see anything from him, and maybe Shanahan doubted him a little. He decides, all right, I'm going to take a flyer here. I'm going to take a flyer on Brock Purdy, final pick of the draft. You know, if Trey Lance came out guns a-blazing, he probably doesn't do that. So it's just, it's amazing how these decisions are all sort of connected to each other. Well, and, you know, ultimately, you know, Purdy's success hinged in some ways yesterday on the fact that McCaffrey is one of the best players in football because they gave him the ball 14 times, um, they threw the ball another three, and they didn't have the ball a lot yesterday. I mean, Miami had a, ran a lot more plays from scrimmage, but what the 49ers like to do and the way they like to do it... Tampa. No, no, no. I'm talking about the 49ers. Oh, no, no. Is they like to eat clock and they don't need a lot of plays to get done what they need done. You said Miami, honey. Well, no, I switched. I was... Oh, you're going back a week before. I was talking before. about McCaffrey oh, okay. and how he makes the 49ers... Their offensive choices much simpler. I mean, it just not only did the, he get to hand the ball off 36 times and only throw the ball 22. So that's like six, that's more than 60% runs in a sport that does 60% passes routinely. Right. Brady threw 55. They rushed it 19. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's Brock Purdy. If you put him on any other team, I bet you see more holes in his game because the 49ers have in their offense. And because the, their defense plays the way it does, a safety net that can hold up nearly any quarterback who isn't Zach Wilson. I mean, it just it's easier to run this offense. It's not harder. And I think that's one of the things that we're looking at with Purdy is that, and it's one of the things we see we saw with Garoppolo, and that we didn't get to see with Lance because he hasn't simply played enough. It's that Kyle Shanahan's actual gift as an offensive play designer and caller is that he simplifies the game for his quarterback so that he doesn't need the extraordinary performance. He just needs a performance that doesn't involve you chasing after a, a guy from the secondary who just took your ball away. I mean, it's it's a simple, it's elemental and it's easy to deal with. I mean, their their offensive line is a great run blocking line. And we might have to readjust our doubts on their pass blocking as well, right? Because, and we're not going to talk about the offensive line very much today because things went well. And it's like one of those, you only talk about offensive lines if things go wrong. Um, a lot of people thought that this was going to be a big problem. How many weeks has Jimmy played with a clean uniform? The answer is actually three. Three times Jimmy Garoppolo has not been sacked this year. Yesterday, no sacks given up once again, plus 209 rushing yards. This is the fourth game of the year without giving up a sack. Purdy got rocked on the very first play of the game, but, you know, flag for helmet to helmet. He was actually, he, he was happy that he got hit. Kind of drew him right into the football game. Yeah, it was a... Uh... It was a hard hit. I, I was in the wrong play, actually, so that was on me. But honestly, it felt good to sort of just get hit and uh, just feel like I was in the game, and I was like, okay. So um, sort of turned out to be a good thing. Look, you're going to win football. That's not healthy. Yeah, yeah, but you're going to win football games when you control the line of scrimmage, and the Niners are doing it on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Lately. Well, and one of the reasons why they're pass blocking is looking better than people thought it was because 
Purdy, like Garoppolo, is asked to get rid of the ball quickly. They don't linger over decisions. No, but boy, does he buy himself time. I mean, there are, you know, if Jimmy's getting everything out ahead of three Mississippi, Brock used his legs and extended like six, seven Mississippi on a couple times in a few plays. Like, that's the difference. But for the most part, I mean, you know, because every quarterback's going to have a few of those. That's the nature of the sport. But for the most part, he was safe because he got rid of the ball quickly, because he could get rid of the ball quickly. And, I mean, I think Tampa, you know, we want to say it's a good team. It's not a good team. They're, they're injury-racked, and they're, they're old, and they're done. I mean, they just, they looked tired. And I, I just think the, it's exactly the kind of team that other teams will have trouble with. The 49ers had very little trouble with because they just said, we're not going to let you tee off on our guy. And if you want to tee off on our guy... We'll just give the ball to McCaffrey and make you pay for that with another eight-yard run. I mean, it just it's it, it was almost too easy a game to evaluate anybody. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. This is Telmo in San Francisco. What's up, Telmo? What's up, gentlemen? Happy Monday to you. Um, so I, I'm I'm with with Ray. Um, I'm a little kind of in between. I'm I'm just choosing to be. Uh, cautiously optimistic at this point. Um, I did. Um, I'm a season ticket holder, so I got to see him in uh, in preseason. I did like him, and I was hoping that the Niners would keep him, and he would be the third quarterback. And he got the he got the advantage of um, playing scout team against the number one defense um, in the NFL against the Niners starters. So he he has seen. Um, some quality defenses just even in practice. Um, and there was a couple things. He went into the wrong audible first play of the game. Um, if that could have been a fumble and they took it to the house, the game would have been different. Um, there was an almost uh, almost an interception, which we with Jimmy, we called those oh-no-Jimmy throws. Um, with him, it was just an almost interception. But he played very well. But um, if we recall Nick Mullen's first game as a starter, his passer rating was 151 three touchdowns, zero picks uh, against the Raiders, and uh, a lot of people were ready to anoint him um, the next Joe Montana. Well, no one um, was because it was the Raiders, and the Raiders straight up quit and gave up in that game. I remember it. But look, you are right to be cautiously optimistic. Again, we've seen some pretty good debuts, and then things start going downhill quickly. But I will just say that Brock Purdy has a level of maturity about him that that the team is picking up on I mean you know Nick Mullins for a minute there he looked good and then reality hit reality might hit Brock Purdy too but that was as good of a start as you can actually ask for I mean there's some historic numbers that he actually put up Purdy is the first rookie in the Super Bowl era with at least two touchdown passes and one rushing touchdown and a passer rating of 125 or higher in his first career start that's not, that's just, get better than that, you know? I mean, he completed 16 to 21, 185, two touchdowns. Um, he, he, he was good. He was real good. His 134 passer rating is the sixth highest by any NFL quarterback in his first career start since 1970. I mean, I, I'm not saying that we owe Kyle Shanahan apologies because I think that when we were wondering whether or not this was going to happen early on 
it, not just this year, but in other years, there have been some head scratchers. And eventually here we will talk about, you know, choices. And Kyle Shanahan needs to start making some better risk-reward choices. The sport of football hurt Debo Samuel. So did that run call. You know when you don't need to run your stud-wide receiver? When you're up 21. Debo Samuel got hurt running the football up the middle when the team was up 21-0. It's not negligence. It's football and injuries happen. But I felt like Kyle Shanahan put Trey Lance in a bad spot when he didn't have to put him in it. Debo Samuel was in a bad spot when he didn't necessarily have to be in it. You know, get Jordan Mason in the damn game. Get anybody in that game other than run between your center and guards, please, Debo Samuel. I, I, I was surprised that he was getting the ball that often. Um, Ty Davis-Price, does he even dress? I guess not. Jordan Mason had 11 carries yesterday, 56 yards. It's a 5.1 average. There should be no doubt whether or not that guy can run against NFL teams like Jordan Mason. Give him the ball when you're done giving Christian McCaffrey the ball. And I'm glad that somebody basically took Christian McCaffrey's helmet away from him in that fourth quarter, too. He doesn't need to be risked at all. He's too important to the mix now. Dennis in San Francisco. What's going on, Dennis? How's it going, guys? Uh, really appreciate the show. I agree with both of you. Uh, that old Grouch Rabo cracks me up. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, uh, I'm with you, Damon. I mean, you look at what the kid's done. He came into the Miami game trailing 7-3, to three, and he, you know, he did a great job, you know, and Yesterday, he, he you know he he did another great job, and 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 uh, he he has great footwork. He's quick. He like he gets out of the way. Where I love Jimmy, but Jimmy can't get out of his own way. And uh, the, the the kid's got something that we haven't seen in a while, you know. And he's he seems to be even very. He seems to be more accurate than Jimmy, you know. And uh, I, I wish the best for him. I know it's a small sample size, but I'm really uh, I'm rooting for him, you know. Thank you very much, Dennis. I mean, if you're a Niner fan, you better be rooting for him because he is the answer probably the rest of the way. And if he continues winning games and continues playing like that, I don't even know if you're going back to a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. Just wrote instantly, them's the laws, that's the way it goes. I think Kyle knows not to take the ball out of the hot hand and if his hand stays hot. If he's got this team winning and scoring, and that that's... I thought Kyle showed an awful lot when that Brandon Ayuk touchdown happened. And obviously, Ayuk did a lot of that with his feet, but that's the way the offense is designed. Um, but that was an, an easy opportunity to sort of, you know, put the game plan in your back pocket, just get to the halftime up well, and you know, don't risk anything here. You played well enough to not get risky. He kept attacking. And that that was significant, I thought. Well, I mean, I think he recognizes that you have to kill Tom Brady to kill Tom Brady. You don't... I mean, that's why I don't think he took Samuel out too... I mean, that he waited too long to take Samuel out. I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with the play call. Football's football. Stuff like that happens. I think you operate as though Tom Brady will stab you in the face when you're not looking. Well... So get as much as you can while you can. 
And if that's the best play call he had at the time, fine. And the fact that he went for it later in the half, fine again. Because you have you have to get the kind of lead where you don't have to worry about Brock Purdy making a difficult play. And they were in a situation where even up 21 against the beleaguered Tampa team, you're not out of the woods yet. Get the fourth touchdown. Then you can talk about being safe. And I think that's... You know, I think Kyle Shanahan's been burned being too careful too late at times. So I think yesterday he said, no, nah, I'm going for the kill shot. And I think... And I, I appreciate yeah. that, but I'm also going to tell you right now, Niners got a 21-point lead this year. They're in the barn on anybody with that defense, right? Well, until you're not. I mean, you know, it's, it's goofy stuff can happen in football. So, you know, if, if it's... Well, there's five minutes left in the second quarter. You're not in the barn yet. And look... uh, when it comes to being stung by a big Tom Brady com- comeback, who knows more about that than, than Kyle Shanahan, right? And he was even asked about it postgame. Any, any time that you're up a lot, you go back to any scars that you have. So I do the math a lot. I know he came back on us when we were up 25 going into the fourth, but I definitely didn't feel good with Brady. I mean, I saw him do it to the Rams last year too. So you always got to be careful with him. But this is a defense that just it ain't playing around. <laughs> they really, they're, they're something else. And I'll tell you, you know who might be the, the real difference maker, Ray, in, in this defense, and we don't talk about him nearly enough? Dre Greenlaw might really be the difference between this being a good defense and a great defense. That guy is a tackling machine. Career-high 15 tackles yesterday. A pass deflection, his interception. He actually took the ball to Brady to have him sign it post-game, and he did. Brady signed it. And, and I, I thought that was interesting because Tom Bra- the, the competitive Tom Brady, the one who really feels like that loss stings because we're trying to you know, get in the playoffs and all, would have walked away. I think Tom Brady knows that he's on a team that he can't save. I mean, they may still win the division, but that's one because the division is god-awful. But that was almost, a, it almost felt to me like he was going, yeah, I'll make your day because my day's shot. I think there was a little of that. I also saw it was reported he didn't even bother showering before they got to the airport and flew home without a shower. So he might have been, had it up to here, especially after buying 100 tickets uh, to get his friends and family in there. But look, I also think Tom Brady understands that it is, it's a time to smell the roses as they're being handed to you. And he knows he's a lot closer to the end than anywhere else in his career. And I, I think he understands that Dre Greenlaw walking up to him and saying, could you please sign this, is you know, about as big of a, you know, it's a, it's a respectful act. It, that, is, that is an admission that I made a play against you, Tom. And I'm going to tell my grandkids Exactly. This ball goes on the mantle forever. Dad, why do you have that ball right there? Well, I intercepted one of the greatest single athletes that has ever played sports. That's what I I got to do. Did you also see there was one other thing that Tom Brady did this week leading up to the game that I thought was fantastic. He had a very honest, like, back and forth with Tampa Bay media. And he was like, look, man, you know, it's, it's fun to go home. Uh, when I was in high school, I was a hell of an athlete. I, I, could, I could hit the baseball. Uh, I, I could play golf. I could throw darts. I could, I'm a really good ping pong player today. Obviously, football became something I cared deeply about. Anything that didn't have to do with speed or jumping, he said. If it wasn't about running or jumping, I was good at it. And then he says that he does dot drills 
to increase his footwork or his foot speed, and he even continues to do them today. And he said, look, I'm slow. And I can't just have 80% of my slowness. I need 100% of my slowness to survive these games. I thought that was a great line by Brady. It really was. Yeah, I mean, he he seemed unusually relaxed for a guy who's trying to quarterback a team with diminishing weapons and a 6-7 and seven record. If you're on hold... I want you to stay right there. We're coming back for your calls. I see you all in line. Uh, we've got Michael Irvin joining us at 4.15. And again, the whole point is that the rocket ship has officially launched. I think we know that this thing can fly. I mean, that was the big question. Can this thing fly or not for real? Yeah, it flies. The question is, how far? It's a hell of a season for the 49ers, man. This thing is fun. 888-957-9570. Damon and Ratto here, brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 957 the game. We're on the air, we're officially streaming. You can check it all out on youtube.com slash 95.7 The Game. Uh, it is there. Otis Bird third and his gang are chatting away. We got a lot of people weighing in on the text line. We got a lot of people on hold. We told you that we were going to come back and take your calls here in just a minute. Ray, would you say it's time to brock and roll? No, I wouldn't. No? Why not? Because I'm not doing puns. That's not a pun. That's a rhyme. Right? It's also a pun. Would you say you're between a brock and a hard place? Again, no. Do you realize that you can take anything that's got the word rock and substitute Brock and it works? It works for you. <laughs> you want to rock out with your Brock out? Oh, oh my God. see, this is how. No, we... this, no, this is what you started. You own that one. That's you. Big Rock Brock? Stop. You ready? Seriously, stop. Shut up. It's only Brock and Roll, but I like it. Well, you're going to have to read all these when those lunatics out there start texting him in. <laughs> That's your punishment. Oh, someone's like, my favorite B-52 song, Brock Lobster. See, now that's that's taking it too far. No, that's no, you sticks. took it too far. You started this. This is all on you. You can't chastise others for a bad idea that you midwifed. <laughs> Thank you for saying would, would you call me a lovely little midwife? Again, not today. <laughs> JJ, San Jose, save Ray from all these Brock puns, if you would, please. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm ready to Brock and roll. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. Mama said Brock you out. I got it. Hey, I got it. Hey, so the game yesterday, it was one of those, I got to tell you games, where you just, you know, as a, as a fan of football, Never mind if you're a Niner fan. As a fan of football, you watch that game and you watch Purdy's performance and you go, I got to tell you, the Niners aren't half bad with Purdy under center. And I got to tell you, again, one last time, it, it's the potential that the Niner fans have always felt like they, the team has had. They just have never had a chance to actually believe in it or have the confidence in it with Jimmy G. They saw more limitations in skill with Trey Lance. They saw same thing. He wasn't really ready. But with Purdy, it's almost like when you watch Purdy play, 
They're like, this got some skill. And the team believes it, and now the fan base believes it. I think they can go a long way. You know, it, JJ, it, it's it's the eye test, isn't it? I mean, it really is. It's that eye test, and 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 you know, I believe eyewitnesses are the worst witnesses you can bring in in a court of law. Our our eyes lie to us quite often. But there was just an innate comfort on a football field that you felt coming out of a kid who is, you know, he's in his rookie year. He's being asked to do something from a draft position that no draft position has ever given to football. Ever. The last pick in the draft usually doesn't make an NFL team, much less be the guy who is the third-string quarterback that makes you think, hey, we really haven't lost a thing here. Two weeks from now, three weeks from now, that could change. Reality is a sledgehammer in this league. And maybe it swings at Brock. But you can only make one impression in your first impression. And in his first career start, I was impressed. I was impressed. Blown away. Call Canton, tell him to get the bust ready. No, we're not there. We're not there. But he looked better than a Hall of Fame quarterback that he was sharing the field with. He looked as accurate, if not more accurate, than even Jimmy Garoppolo has. And again, this is not going to turn into a referendum on this is why everyone said it's always so easy to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. We're not doing that. We're not doing that because Jimmy was everything the 49ers didn't even ask him to be this year. They asked him to leave. He didn't. And then he saved their bacon when the Trey Lance experiment went awry. So, this is a team that has had a revolving door at quarterback. And I don't know how many we've seen look as natural a fit for what Kyle wants to do as early on. And again, you can't get earlier than your rookie year. By the time Jimmy Garoppolo hit Kyle Shanahan's offense, he had been in the NFL understudying Tom Brady and being coached by Bill Belichick for years. So he steps into a game in an incredibly difficult ask. And he made it look easy. He made it look easy. Against the defense, it's not bad. Really not bad. You want to know what a big break was? Vita Vea exiting that game early with an injury because he is a monster. And if you're wondering, you know, hey, it was a really good day for an offensive line. It'll be a better day for any offensive line that doesn't have to deal with that guy. He's a problem. Oh, no, he's, yeah, I mean, and I'm not going to say that Tampa would have won the game if he'd played all four quarters, but because they it have, changes the it changes the chemistry of that game greatly. Well, it changes the chemistry of the game for Purdy, and it changes their ability to run the ball with impunity. But I think they could have played four more quarters after the four they played, and and Tampa would have been lucky to get another field goal. Because you ultimately, right. that's what these guys are. They don't let you score. So whatever they get on offense after the fourteenth point tends to be gravy. In the last six weeks, they've allowed 11 points a game. 11. I mean, that's that's a preposterous number. Would you say it's Brock solid? I would not, again. And I may have to come over there later and stab you. (laughs) Raising a Brock in a hard place. It's in between these things. See, it works with the word rock all the time. (sighs) 
feel free to use this at home or at work. Yeah, if you wife. want to get punched by your boss, by all means. Ken is in Chicago. Hello, Ken. You're on 95.7 The Game. Hi, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Uh, Ray, I'm going to paraphrase and use the movie A Few Good Men, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to restate or reuse a different word, an adverb, rather than the word okay. And if you don't remember using the word okay on Brock Purdy's performance yesterday, I can have the court reporter replay the tape back. I can't understand you using the word okay in Brock Purdy's performance yesterday. Football's a team sport. Was uh, McCaffrey just okay? Uh, you know, the quarterback's involved in every play. He's the guy responsible for moving the team. And no comparison to any other quarterback, just the moment of Purdy playing yesterday's game. He was more than just okay. It was more than we could have asked for. And I can't disagree with you more in your assessment. And I normally agree with you and love your opinions. But I, I really think you need to reconsider the word okay. It could have gone really south yesterday against one of the greatest quarterbacks who's ever played the game. As you've mentioned earlier, you know, Brady could have come back and stabbed us in the eye. And he beat the GOAT. No, I'd like he you beat, to reconsider your assessment of okay. He didn't beat he didn't beat Tom Brady. He beat the Tampa defense. And in terms of you know McCaffrey, McCaffrey was excellent. But I'm not going to give Brock Purdy an unusual amount of credit for completing a handoff 14 times. You know that's not about that's not what I, I'm talking about. Brock Purdy ran the offense efficiently. That's okay to me. He wasn't eye-popping. He wasn't jaw-dropping. He was the quarterback Kyle Shanahan wanted him to be yesterday. And that's plenty good. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But I know to my soul what wins football games for this team. And it's defense and running. But and that's not a quarterback thing. Did he, did he get in the way of their progress at no time? But that's... That is the standard for a 49er quarterback. And I'm not worried about what people's expectations were for him or where he was drafted. He's been given a table that's already set, and he made sure it had a really nice centerpiece to it. And good for him for that. Have you ever in your entire football life seen it go to a third-string quarterback and absolutely no change could be detected? No, because... The one thing, so it's better than okay then, right? Well, no, no, no. Let me finish my point. Brock on, on this team, the quarterback is at best a tertiary consideration because they have weaponry that is better than what their quarterback, whoever it's going to be, is. Because that defense changes games by its very existence. And Christian McCaffrey changes games by his very existence. Which means the quarterback's job in San Francisco is to not get in the way of the things that are excellent. And that's what he did yesterday. And that's fine. That That's, for him, swell. He gets to enjoy everything about yesterday that he wants. But in terms of being magic, no, because he didn't have to be. The 49er quarterback is not asked to be magic. He's asked to be efficient. He's asked to be what Jimmy Garoppolo's been all year long. How many third-string rookies can just be asked 
go in there, do the job. Don't impede our, our, our chance to succeed. Like I, I don't think you should grade him against other 49er quarterbacks. You should grade him against the historical context that is almost automatically by default you are about to fail. Because most Super Bowl contenders with a 9-4 and four record and playing the way they are are not working with a third-string quarterback. Most teams that have to use their third-string quarterback are tire fires. So that's why I don't regard that as the comparison. The 49ers are that very unusual construct of a very good team that is not entirely dependent on their quarterback so that if your third-string quarterback is competent, he will thrive in this offense. So, because this is an offense that does not require him to be anything other than efficient. Any so, third-string quarterback in the NFL would do. It doesn't even matter who he is. Third-string quarterback who can complete an eight-yard pass is exactly identical to any other guy who could possibly play. If you're asking me if Josh McCown could have won that game yesterday, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm only taking yesterday as I'm not projecting into the future, and I'm not trying to imagine what he could be in three weeks against Washington. I have no idea. I only go on what I saw. What I saw was a guy who ran the offense. Kyle Shanahan gave him the run, and he ran it well. What if he wins his next three games? Then we'll reevaluate. We reevaluate this stupidity every week. That's why they keep paying us. If he sticks the joint out on Sunday, is everybody going to turn on him? Thursday. Thursday. Whatever. Get it right. Well, I'm trying to ignore the fact that they're playing Thursday. I mean, if if he's awful on Thursday, I, is everybody going to walk this back? Oh, sure, people will be walking Of course they will. Bit. That's why I don't trust immediate reactions to anything. I got time. I'm not dying yet. That's Christmas Eve. I think he was a little bit better than okay. Okay, which is getting, fine. Getting a compliment out of Ray Ratto, it's a hard thing to do. He didn't. He, he was fine. He was better than fine, Ray. Come on. No, he was fine. His official letter grade is a C. Fine is not a C. Fine's a B. He was a B. Okay. C is average. C is A. That's what fine means. No, fine doesn't mean that. Fine and is an upgrade from me? Very much so. All right. Welcome to 4 o'clock, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.